This is 8 Minutes, a podcast helping you understand the energy and climate challenge in just a few minutes. I'm your host, Paul Schuster. Spend too much time reading or listening to trends in climate and, well, it's easy to get discouraged as to what's happening. Just this morning, I read headlines on the possible collapse of a key Atlantic Ocean current, the worsening air quality in U.S. cities, and how Super Bowl guacamole was getting harder to come by because of a collapse in avocado harvests in Mexico. Seriously, though, our climate information tends to be viewed through this lens of travesty and despair, but it doesn't need to be. There are good things happening, and at least for today, I'm going to step back and focus on what's going right in our fight against global warming. Eight minutes. It's how long it takes the sun's rays to hit Earth, or only about how long it took the globe to add a whole megawatt of renewable energy last year. Just eight minutes. Let's get it on. My little eight-minute joke in my intro called out that the world was adding one megawatt of renewable energy capacity last year for every eight minutes. And that's amazing. The International Energy Agency reports that over 507,000 megawatts of new renewable energy was added to global power grids in 2023, up from just over 300 gigawatts in 2022, and representing the 22nd year in a row of increasing renewable energy capacity additions. Look, for all the doom and gloom of climate talk, much of which is warranted, there are good news stories happening as well. Let's inspire a bit of hope today in what we have as a global community already accomplished. I'll split these good news stories into three main buckets. The first bucket is, as I mentioned above, how renewable and climate technology is being deployed more rapidly than ever before. In the U.S., the solar market continues to absolutely explode. The Solar Market Insights Report, a joint study between Wood Mackenzie and Solar Energy Industries Association, indicates that solar installations grew by 55% last year. It made up nearly half of all new power generation being built. Not only is that an incredible trajectory, but that growth is coming in the midst of serious headwinds in the largest U.S. solar market of California. In May of last year, California rewrote the net metering laws in the state to basically cut the net metering value back to homeowners by half. And as a result, rooftop solar installs in California dropped by about 80%. Now, I hope to cover off on the topic in a future episode, but today's show is about the positive and the fact that the national growth rate in solar shrugged off that California decline to still post a 55% growth rate. That's absolutely stunning. Or take EV sales, another area that's gotten some rather negative attention in the media recently as major news outlets have reported on a supposed downtrend in EV manufacturing and an oversupply of cars on dealers' lots. But, well, decouple demand from supply for a moment, because it's obvious in retrospect that major auto OEMs such as Ford and GM created an overly optimistic expectation on how quickly that they could produce and sell their EVs. If demand doesn't meet those expectations, does that mean the EV market is collapsing? Hardly. 2023 was the first year ever that over 1 million EVs were sold in the U.S., and the growth rate of the market is also around 50% year over year. We've seen growth in EV sales for 13 straight quarters. The demand is still super high, even if it's not quite as high as OEMs want it to be. I could go on and on about wind projects or 
the declining costs in batteries or the fact that heat pump sales outpaced gas furnace sales last year. Adoption of clean energy technologies is at an all-time high, and it's not like we're seeing a leveling off of demand. It's still a hockey stick of growth. But let's move to my second category of good news, which is that 2023 was likely the peak of global emissions. According to independent reports from the IPCC, the World Climate Data, and the IEA, every year from here on out is likely to show falling global emissions on an actualized basis. We've reached peak emissions, and we're ready to accelerate down that curve towards zero. Yeah, it took a long time to get here, but let's not overlook how incredible it is to finally reach the worst case and begin to really improve. And what's more, is that demand for energy and power continues to grow. It's just that we've decoupled growth in energy from growth in emissions. As the global share of renewables and EVs and batteries and all those technologies I talked about before improve, that is now having a real effect on global emissions. And it's also, finally, put to rest this idea that an economy can't grow without also growing emissions. Because the two largest global economies of the U.S. and China both saw economic growth last year, while also both experiencing declines in carbon emissions as well. And that downward trajectory of carbon emissions, that leads me to the third category of good news, which is that it looks like we may have skirted our worst-case climate scenarios. See, climate modelers have developed a whole bunch of scenarios to represent how the Earth's temperature is likely to be affected with different concentrations of greenhouse gases. And these models are called Representative Concentration Pathways, or RCPs. The worst-case RCP was something called RCP 8.5, which was something of a business-as-usual case, and if the globe had taken zero action towards climate change. And that RCP would have resulted in a devastating 5 degrees Celsius rise in global temperatures. Even putting aside that worst-case scenario, current trends in enacted policies indicate that we're closest to only a two and a half degree Celsius scenario. And if global countries actually enact the policies needed to meet their nationally determined contributions, we'd be so, so close to our two degree warming goal. Let me emphasize that last point. We've avoided the worst case scenario. The human race is not going to go extinct. (laughs) Our children will have a future. And we should all celebrate the progress that we've made so far. It's been grueling, tough, tough work to get here, but these efforts have made a real impact. And now we can take a breath and jump back in the arena tomorrow because there's still a ways to go. Two and a half degrees or even two degrees still represents horrible consequences for the planet, for food security, for geopolitical stability. But instead of starting at the one yard line, and having to move the ball all the way down the field, these past years have at least given us breathing room and a fighting chance. Like, maybe we're at the 20-yard line and can open up our playbook on how to drive down the field and score. Yeah, I know, my football analogies probably don't work for climate action, but hopefully these snippets of good news can motivate each of us to double down on the efforts still needed. Or as the newest NFL football fan might have said, are you ready for it? I'm Paul Schuster. And this has been your eight minutes.